It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Aha, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. What it do, baby? Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 738 of Locked on Raptors for Wednesday, July the 8th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked on Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked on Podcast Network as sports inch toward, uh, you know, returns of varying degrees of dubiousness. Please make sure you're checking out all the local shows from all the sports that are uh, on their way to returning. It's a, it's a great time if you're a hockey fan, baseball fan, basketball fan, however conflicted you may be about the uh, moral, you know, <laughs> the moral conundrum that is uh, returning to sports right now. There is a, a local show covering your team either way, and I'm sure you're quite excited, as I am in a very sort of conflicted 50-50 type of way. Uh, today's show is, of course, brought to you by Rock Auto which has all of the auto parts you're ever going to need at amazing prices as well, an amazing selection, reliable little prices, all the car parts you're ever going to need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you in their little box where you can put Locked On. It's very much appreciated when you do that. More on Rock Auto a little bit later. All right, on today's show, we continue our restart preview by looking around the Eastern Conference and uh, talking to folks who cover the teams who, frankly, I have forgotten what they were when things paused. How, were, how good were they? Were they healthy? Did they uh, have a winning streak on the go? I have no goddamn clue because it's been so long since basketball happened. Uh, we did yesterday uh, the Miami Heat with Nikias Duncan. Go check that out. And today we are diving into the Indiana Pacers with our pal from Locked On Pacers, Tony East. Tony, what's up, buddy? Hey, Sean. Happy to be here and hear your Canadian accents when you say about and out for the oh, entirety of our conversation. See, I don't really like pick up on the accent myself. I feel like I have a rather mild Canadian accent compared to 
most but like do you but is it like are you being serious in that i actually have that it's very slight but i noticed it to the extent that i was like oh yes this is, this is what i will bring up when i am introduced <laughs> well i'm glad uh you're entertained uh that's that's all that's really important apparently <laughs> uh <laughs> thanks for being here buddy on today's show of course we're going to dive into the pacers who uh currently sit tied for fifth in the eastern conference with the Uh, Philadelphia 76ers, of course, a lot of news around the Pacers in recent weeks. Malcolm Brogdon tested positive for COVID-19. He has apparently recovered and is going to be on his way to the bubble this week with the rest of the team. Uh, Of course, Victor Oladipo, who spent most of the season sidelined, came back, was a little bit inconsistent and all that, uh, is not going to be in in, uh, Orlando with the team. Tony, before we get to Oladipo and sort of what that means, let's just kind of refresh where the Pacers were when things paused. They were 39-26. and 26. How were they playing? Uh, what were things looking like with Oladipo at the time? And I guess everybody else on the team, what sort of the Coles notes on the last time we saw the Indiana Pacers? Yeah, they were kind of rolling when things got suspended. They were 7-3 and three in their last 10 games, which was the best in the Eastern Conference, actually. Better than the, better than the Bucks or the Raptors at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, so they were... Turning in an upward direction, like you said, they were tied, just had passed slash tied Philly in the standings. Um, so they were looking pretty good. They lost their first, or excuse me, they lost six in a row after winning their first game when Vic returned too. So they had finally recovered from that. They had a seven and six record with him playing. They just almost beat the Celtics in a hard fought game. And then it, it all got stripped away. But they, they were really starting to click uh, with their rotation that they had with Vic in there. With Jeremy Lamb out, they had to kind of alter their second unit. But they finally ironed out, you know, when to play Vic and who he should be with and how to get, you know, their second unit's been really what's pummeling teams in that stretch. So they figured out how to get the minutes all shaken out for them to look really good. And they were, and you know, they, they were really clicking and it looked like they could beat anybody. Their next game before the season was suspended was going to be against the Sixers, which was going to be a huge test of where they're at, right? The Sixers are a title aspiration team that the Pacers had yet to play with Oladipo this year. It's going to be a very telling game, but you know, that one, that one didn't happen, but they, things were looking really good. They were all gelling, and uh, that was despite some, some little nicks and bruises on some guys that were holding them out. So the full health was going to be helpful until, like you said, Oladipo will not be there. So we have to twist away. Yeah, so the Oladipo thing is super interesting because, as you mentioned, they were kind of getting into form before the pause. But Oladipo certainly was not himself and nowhere near the player he was when he actually got hurt against the Raptors during the 2018-19 season and missed all that time with a very strange what was it like a patella injury or something like that well uh, ruptured quad tendon but it was like ooh. a part of the quad I'd never heard of or something like yeah that. yeah it, not a pleasant injury even a little bit um and so I, I'm curious like with Oladipo being out, I think there's like the easy take out there that's like, oh, they're actually going to be freed up to play better basketball with Oladipo not kind of taking up helium, trying to get back into form. Obviously, I think that's probably a little bit misguided because Victor Oladipo, even at like 70%, is quite good. But, you know, with Malcolm Brogdon sort of taking back that sort of mantle as the lead guard with Demonis Sabonis, Malcolm, Tur- or Malcolm Turner. Who the hell is Malcolm Turner? Miles Turner. <laughs> um, and sort of the rest of the roster they've assembled, TJ Warren, yada, yada, yada. Um, do you think the Pacers have a chance to sort of pick up where they left wa- left off in terms of just like how well they were playing without Oladipo? Or is this going to be too big a blow for them to, you know, find that sort of formula they had found before the pause? Yeah, there's a, I think there's a split in ways you can think about it. Part one is you go, well, they were 32 and 20 without him. That's really good. And they clearly have other skilled players. They addressed all their biggest needs. They got an all-star in Sabonis. 
maybe they can continue to be about the same winning percentage they finished the season at level team. They still are really deep, right? Even without Oladipo and Jeremy Lamb, they have nine quality rotation level guys, 10 if Edmund Sumner continues to show some of his good stuff. I'm sure Lockdown Raptors listeners have never heard his name before, but I promise <laughs> you he's actually a pretty good NBA player. Um, so they, they can still be good. On the flip side, a lot of that 32-20 and 20 was with Jeremy Lamb playing. So they do have a hole at guard that they have scarcely experienced this season. They, they did shuffle their rotation with guards so much, being between Brogdon missing about a third of his games, Depot missing a bunch of time, and Lamb himself had an injury midseason before his knee injury. But they're still, you know, they're going to look a little different. So you could look at it and say, well, they've never been this rotation before. Or you could say, well, they've been really good without him before. I'm kind of in the middle, which is the lame media person's take on everything, right? <laughs> oh, I mean, it could be halfway between those two. But, you know, I think clearly their second unit, uh, McConnell, McDermott, Justin Holiday, Sabonis, has just been ridiculously good. All those guys are going. They're still going to be awesome and electric, and they really get each other. They are, their starters are really talented, right? They can, they'll still be above the teams that you go, why the hell are they in the bubble? And they'll still be better than a few of the playoff-level teams. The question is, can they get to – that 32 and 20 or even better level they were at before Vic, right? Where they, they beat Toronto once Uh, Mm -hmm. they beat Philly. They beat, you know, they beat Boston. They beat all these teams without him. Can they reach that level without Lamb as well with everybody in the bubble? You know, maybe. And if they can, then, you know, it doesn't matter as much that Oladipo is not there, but if they can't, or, you know, Lamb's absence is bigger than I'm giving credit for, or, and these games are going to be totally weird and ridiculous. Then yeah. I mean, it, 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 they could certainly be worse than, than I'm thinking. Oh, you balanced takesman, you. Uh, we're <laughs> going to try. Job, Sean. It's how we do this. Sure it that is. Way, that way at the end we can go, see, I kind of thought that all along. <laughs> well, we're going to try to milk some more hard and fast capital T takes out of Tony in the second and third segments of the show. But first, I want to tell people about rockauto.com, which for a big dumb car idiot like me who barely knows uh, you know, where to put the gas in, uh, is a wonderful site that is super helpful for finding any auto part you could possibly need. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundred from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets. I got a gas cap from them as well. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is awesome and it's super easy to navigate even for an idiot like me you just plug in your car the year make model and all of the most used parts for that car pop up within like a minute it's super easy to find and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose all the brand specifications and prices you prefer and they go back way back in time to like probably the first car ever made i'm guessing don't hold me to that but they go back super far either way best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why would you spend up to twice as much at the mechanic for the exact same parts. They even use the rockauto.com catalog when they're looking up parts when you're at the mechanic trying to buy them and then they upsell you. Go to rockauto.com instead right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you're ever going to need at rockauto.com. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? 
Or could a coin flip actually have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, Tony. So the seating in the Eastern Conference is uh, interesting. There's obviously six, five and a half, depending on what you think about the Pacers, I suppose, right now, teams that I'm sure have designs on making a conference finals. And I, I, you know, I I don't really know how to handicap it. I I think the weird thing about this eight game lead up that seems to have a lot of importance on it, but really... I think the thing that stands out to me is very few teams actually have things to play for. Like there's some, you know, pseudo races like the Celtics trying to track down the Raptors three games and eight games is going to be difficult. Uh, The Western conference, it's kind of a jumble of who's going to match up with who between three and seven uh, with really only the seven spot being the place you don't want to be with the Clippers at number two. So there's not a ton to play for there. The top seeds are pretty much locked up and basically, yeah, the eight seed races will be fun, but mostly those are, uh, you know, one way tickets to getting your asses kicked in the first round by the Bucks. (laughs) or Lakers but the Pacers to me are maybe the team especially the Eastern Conference that have the most to play for in this eight game lead up to the postseason because they're I mean yeah that's a that's a take dude like (laughs) learn from me would you the 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 Pacers are two games back of the heat right now so they could in theory climb up uh they are also one game up on the 70 or sorry tied with the 76ers I'm not sure how the tiebreaker shake out right now but they're one spot ahead of the Sixers in the standing so I'm assuming the tiebreaker lies with them at the moment and the teams lingering two three four are are all quite good I mean the Pacers aren't going to fall down to seven so the Raptors I don't think are that much of a concern but we'll get to that in the final segment but it's that Celtics heat Sixers kind of trio of teams right now that I think the Pacers got to be worried about and are sort of I guess sizing up as to what the best matchup's going to be Tony for you where would you prefer the heat finish do you want to match up with the Celtics in a 3-6 is a heat Pacers 4-5 something that interests you uh the heat have a pretty tough schedule I'm pretty sure the toughest schedule outside of our one ahead of the Raptors actually in the standings of the most difficult schedules if I'm not mistaken for Jacob Goldstein um so they in theory could fall down to six only two games up um and, and you could see a 4-5 Pacers Sixers which matchup are you most hoping for if you're a Pacers fan right now uh, well, it depends on your goals, right? Which is why when you said they have the most, I guess, I don't remember your exact wording, whatever, their seating is the most pivotal or whatever. I think it's Philly personally with the Pacers at second because Philly wants to avoid the Bucks so bad mm. that how much do they really push the Pacers for five? But anywho, the Pacers' goals, stated goals before the season were, you know, winning a playoff round. They did it the last two years where they, you know, they easily made it to the playoffs, but they were just a tick below the team. They were playing. I mean, Vic's injury kind of changed that. But still, now they go up one level in the in the team building phase of, okay, we got to win a round or win, win two rounds. Get to, you know, the Raptors did this, right? They, they made it to the conference finals, and they finally said, okay, we got to go to the next step. So the next step for the Pacers is winning in the first round. That said, I think personally, and this could be totally misguided, they've lost to the Heat both times they've played them this year. But I think they have – a way better chance against the Heat than they do against either Philly or Boston, despite mm-hmm. having beaten Boston and Philly this year and not Miami. That's 
There's my extreme take, Sean. There we go. I'm being more uh, takey now. We did it. I did it. Um, <laughs> so I think if they can, they should push to, to, to match up with Miami. Not that, Miami's awesome. Jimmy Butler's really good. But I think beating them, uh, it's, it's like 10 to 15% higher chance than those other two teams, which is a big deal. And if you lose to the Bucs, you lose to the Bucs at least one round. Plus, Oladipo seeing, hey, look, my team is better than Miami. It might be something that would behoove the Pacers to, uh, to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm kind of pro them pushing for Miami. That said, I totally hear the argument of avoiding the Bucks from both the Sixers and Pacers' perspective. And mm-hmm. if you're a fan or you're the Pacers themselves and you think you have just as good of a chance against wh- whoever shakes out to be the three seed, then going to six makes a lot of sense because that gives you, in theory, the best shot for the conference finals. Now, again... That is, seems like a stretch, especially without Oladipo. But, you know, it, it depends how they're, they're thinking. But I personally feel like their best option in the first round is taking on Miami. Yeah, we talked about the Heat yesterday with Nikias, And, you know, we, I think, kind of agreed that the Heat are an imperfect team and that they can't really roll out a lineup that doesn't have one or two glaring liabilities on one end of the floor or the other, whether it's, you know, yeah, Andre Gonzalez shooting. And... being guarded by Duncan Robinson in the playoffs seems like just cheese. <laughs> it's like, how do you not want that as your matchup as a fan? Yeah, although, you know, people will continue to say, hey, Duncan Robinson, better defender than you think. Uh, you know, <laughs> classic uh, sort of spunky Good team white defender. take. Yeah. <laughs> That that IQ on Duncan Robinson through the freaking roof. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'm I'm in agreement that I think the Heat of the you know those teams outside of the Pacers in the top six are like the the most yeah, they're the most holes in the way they're constructed. I would say you know between the shooting issues with Igadala Butler even um, you know Bam is not much of a shooter outside of like 12 15 feet. And, you know, on the defensive end, you got Kendrick Nunn, who is bad. You've got you know, Myers <laughs> Leonard, who is Myers Leonard. You've got, you know, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson is sort of uh, anywhere on the spectrum from, you know, spunky white, good, solid team defender to not good at all. Uh, it, it, you know, it's it, it, I do think they're definitely the, the team that all these teams should kind of be gunning for. I think Philly you know Philly's interesting man I have no idea like if they should and we'll talk about Philly on another episode but I have no idea if they should try to push for four or just like deal with it and take on the Celtics avoid the Bucks and then hopefully get the Raptors in round two but I you know the Celtics are really good so I, I don't know it, it's it's a, it's an interesting conference which is nice and hasn't been the case always in the Eastern well, Conference so for, that's for cool. the Sixers too I did a whole episode with uh Adam Aronson Sixers Adam as you know him um, about the Sixer seeding because they also get a first round pick from the Thunder if mm-hmm. it's twenty through thirty. So, and they're really close in the standings with the Thunder. So the Sixers might actually want to not win games so that the Thunder finish with a better record than them. Too. I mean, <laughs> they have a lot of reasons to potentially not gun for five four. And the first game of the bubble for the Sixers and Pacers is against each other. Mm. So maybe it's just as simple as whoever wins that game just settles in at, at five and you know, deals with the rest later. But uh, yeah, I think that battle really, I keep saying three through six when I talk about this, but like you said, it, I mean, it would take a catastrophic Boston failure to make it not four through six, but still super interesting to talk about. We should note the Pacers schedule is uh, kind of middle of the road. I middle suppose. Of the road. Yeah. yeah. They have the Sixers, as you mentioned in their first game, Wizards, Magic, Suns, which, you know, uh, at least two of those games feel winnable, probably all three. Uh, Lakers, who knows that they'll be playing for anything by the time it's the fifth game in the eight game lead up. And then two against the Heat, which is uh, really fun. And then the Rockets sandwiched in between those two games. Um, so yeah, I, the, the seating is fascinating. I am excited to see how it all plays out with Indy. 
Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. On the note of the seating, the Pacers and Raptors, there's an outside chance they could play in the first round. As we mentioned, the Pacers stand a good chance of falling down to six potentially. And the Raptors, you know, three games up on Boston with one game to play against Boston and a difficult schedule on paper. You know, again, who knows how hard Milwaukee or the Lakers or whoever is going to try when they come across them. But, you know, there, there's a world in which the Raptors fall down to three. And I've been kind of telling myself that I don't really care what happens with the two seed, you know, without home court which yeah, would have been incredibly important. Yeah, like it would have been. You're not ins- playing the Bucks till the conference finals no matter what. I think Absolutely. you're good. And I guess it comes down to the first round, right? Like, or, or yeah, like if, if you think the Sixers stand a chance of beating the Raptors, which, hey, they, they might. Their half-court defense is very good, and the Raptors struggle scoring in the half-court against very good defenses. And Joel Embiid himself, you know, despite getting owned by Marcus Saul and having a bout of the shits for the entire second round last year, was like a plus 10,000 when he was on the floor and was a very, you know, very close to winning that series on his own despite not being close to 100%. And so I understand the fear there if you're the Raptors. I just think with the Sixers' schedule and the fact that, you know, they're probably more inclined to, like you said, get out of, uh, actually, no, they might not be inclined that you said that. So th- never mind, disregard that. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm more worried about the 3-6 than, than I originally thought. But I-, I think it's most likely the Pacers fall down to six here in, in all likelihood. And, if that's the case and the Raptors line up with them, I think that's fine for the Raptors. I think they would win that series. Sorry, Pacers fans who may have tuned in. I, I think wow. the Raptors are the better team. That's You're another right. one of my okay. you know, patented capital T takes. Here we go. And so there's not a ton of stakes for the Raptors here. But, you know, convince me, Tony. If the Raptors and Pacers were to square off 3-6, like, is that a matchup, A, that you relish, and B, uh, that you think the Pacers have a chance of winning? Hey, sure. Okay, oh, here's, my, here's my opening statement. Let's say um, Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, Sergi Baca, and OG Ananobi combined for, let's say, 89 points in a game, those four guys. Sure. Would you say the Raptors win that basketball game? Uh, probably. Okay, that happened in Indianapolis this season, and the Pacers still <laughs> won the game. Who else did the Raptors have available in that game? <laughs> Tell me. Uh, they started a guy named Pat McCaw. I'm joking. I know Pat McCaw. <laughs> they started McCaw, and uh, their bench was Hollis Jefferson, Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher, and Malcolm Miller. So, oh, yeah. yes, that is why the Pacers <laughs> won that game. But still, I wanted to use that snarky way of describing it as evidence. The Raptors are better. Like, I can't, I can't talk the Pacers into a win here, obviously. Uh, and the Pacers were fairly healthy that game, although they did not have Brogdon or Oladipo. They still won't have Oladipo, but still. Uh, and they really, I mean, hammered the scoring that game. Great game for Miles Turner. But anyway, the Raptors won the other three meetings pretty handily. Well, the one, there was the one. Uh, the Serge Ibaka game, baby. Yeah, there was the one <laughs> close one. But 
the the 40-pointer still lingers in my mind uh, very strong. I think that was the Pacers' first game back from the All-Star break, maybe second. Everyone's like, what the hell was that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Raptors are clearly better. Uh, they The Pacers have minimal answers. I mean, they are a good team, defense team, so they technically have an answer for everybody. But Siakam is just really good, and for some reason Kyle Lowry gets landed on the internet every day, but he does a fantastic job against the Pacers as well. Uh, they're really deep. Nick Nurse is, I think, the best coach in the NBA. So it's an uphill battle unless, you know, the, like you said, I think that the Raptors sometimes struggle in the half-court offense against a good team defense, and the Pacers can do that. Uh, they did, you know, against the Cavs when they took them to seven in 2017 with a healthy team, they just really found a way to hunker down and slow LeBron down. I mean, if they can really do a good job on Siakam, they might have a chance. But uh, I just think the Raptors are more talented top to bottom. and. When you're already more talented, having a coaching disadvantage just makes it almost impossible to win a series. Yeah, I think the you know the fact that like the, the Turner Sabonis front court in theory is something that could give Siakam trouble. The problem there is like the Raptors could very easily scale up, go huge, play like Lowry with OG Siakam, Ibaka, and Gasol, and then there's not really anyone out there to traditionally guard. Siakam, if you if well, Gasol weighs ten him. pounds now. So and this so. is true. Yeah, he's uh, he's just all handsome and tan. Uh, there, <laughs> there's no substance to his body anymore, but that's fine. Uh, he's he's a genius either way. I'm sure. I'm sure he's been working on the brain as well. Um, the yeah, I, I I'm with you. I think I feel pretty confident in a Raptors uh, series win over the Pacers if they came across each other. Uh, and mostly, you know, you mentioned the defense. The Pacers were number seven in defense this year. They they are very good defensively. Brogdon is excellent on ball. As a, as a lead guard defender, uh, and you have, you know, Sabonis and Turner are quite good around the rim, as it turns out, and the rebounding could certainly give the Raptors problems, as that as, as usually an area where the Raptors kind of stink. But the the fact that the the Pacers' offense is kind of, you know, middling, it's 17 overall in the league right now, the Raptors' defense just kind of eats those offenses up, yep. and, and I, I don't see a lot of opportunities for the Pacers to, you know, gain separation, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, if, you know, Fred Van Vliet or Kyle Lowry is not up to the job, they'll just throw OG on him. And then, you know, you kind of deal with My what son. Lowry. Yeah. I mean, everybody's son. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just Indiana. I on met Indiana OG crime. and Obi at Qdoba. How many college. words did he say to you? Did I tell you? Have I taught, not told you this story? You have not, no. Oh, my gosh. I think I've told this on Lockdown Pacers before. Okay, please yeah, uh, was, tell so the Raptors he, fans. Okay, he, he broke his foot or ankle. I forget which one when he was playing at IU. Right, that's why he fell in the draft. Yeah. So it was, it was two days or one day after that game where he broke his foot, and I get to Kudo, but he's in front of me in line. I was a huge IU basketball fan when I was in school. And I realized that OG's in front of me in line. And I see the boot on his foot, right? That's the first time I've seen him since. And I'm freaking out like, oh, my gosh, it's so broken. He needs a boot. This is so bad. And OG turns to me and he says, hey, man, I've never been here before. What's good here? <laughs> and I was like, hey, Kudova? <laughs> so I helped him, like, make a burrito. And then uh, I'm, you know, I get my food. I get my drink, too. And I see him sitting down. I, th- I think he was playing with one of the, eating with one of the practice squad guys. And I... Just like, oh, I talked to OG. I want to say something to him. So I said, hey, man, is it good? And he hadn't opened it yet. So I asked him if it was good before he ate it. So that was my Qdoba OG interaction when I was in college. But anyway, yes, he's very good and can easily, you know, swing. And I think him being good on D is so crucial for the Raptors. And then, mm-hmm. you know, without Kawhi, but what he can do is, like, save energy for Kyle or Pascal on offense if they don't have to guard the best guy. Yeah, especially I mean, in this series where the Pacers usually only have one or two like deadly off the dribble guys on the floor. Yeah, I, I mean OG is uh, like 
better. He he was or has been better this season than Kawhi was in his Raptors season defensively. I don't even think wow. that's a question. Yeah, I mean Kawhi was wow. Kawhi made second team all that. defense. He made second team all defense. He might have been like the fourth or fifth best defender on last year's Raptors, like or Man. fourth or fifth most deserving. Like he could ration it up. Obviously, Kyle, he did so Kyle in the playoffs. Kyle one two. Or Mark, uh, I guess. Mark, number one last year. Yeah. Uh, Pascal was better last year than he was this year, and he was, I think, more important defensively than Kawhi was. Danny Green was better. I forgot uh, Danny Green, yeah. Yeah, they had all the good defensive players. <laughs> and, like, Kawhi, you know, understandably, you know, kind of took it easy. Obviously, he could ratchet it up and overall was the best defender when it mattered most. But, you know, during the season, uh, I don't think it was even close that he was not nearly the most deserving of, of all defense. And, you know, I think OG this season, if any Raptor does get on, which it seems like maybe they, there won't be any because they're all going to split the vote because they have seven good defensive <laughs> players. Um, it, it, you know, I think OG is the most deserving. I, I will say you, you should be honored. So there's been a thing. Obviously, there was the what about scarves thing back earlier in the season when OG claimed to have put Serge Ibaka on scarves. Uh, he also has claimed in the last couple of weeks here that he put Serge Ibaka onto cooking as well. And if we draw the lineage back, you put him onto crafting a Qdoba burrito. <laughs> so maybe you put OG onto cooking. So thank you, Tony East. There we go. For being the inspiration for How Hungry Are You, the greatest internet content in the NBA. Honestly, you're, you're I spent a wonderful the whole person. time <laughs> freaking out about his injury because that IU team was supposed to be way better than they ended up being for a variety of reasons. So I was just mostly sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can be happy now many, many years after the fact. Thank you for uh, bringing How Hungry Are You into our lives, I think, maybe. Uh, was, he wear, was OG wearing a scarf, by, by the way, when you No, he, he was not wearing a scarf. Yeah, he, he, we knew that he didn't put Serge on to scarves. That, that we believe Serge in for sure. He, he's been in it since... Uh, OG was a toddler, but uh, Tony, that feels like a pretty good place to leave the podcast. This wonderful <laughs> revelation about Raptors lore that you are uh, no, I now think a good tied place to. to leave it would be both of our official series predictions of Raptors Pacers if it happened. Oh, Raptors in five. Five was my number two. That's boring. Uh, yeah. Well, look at us uh, both committing to the same hard take. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That'll make uh, us look smart when it actually happens. Yeah. Uh, Tony, this was lovely. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Do you have anything you would like to plug? Um, Locked on Pacers for all your Pacers news, of course. Uh, it's a great show, just like Sean does here over at Locked on Raptors. We'll cover the Pacers in the bubble. They leave, to, I don't know when this is actually going out, but they leave right now, basically. They'll be in the bubble, so the Raptors are already there. You guys know a lot about it, but if you want to hear about the Pacers' perspective, go check out Locked on Pacers, and I'm on Twitter at T East NBA. Excellent. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to, rate, review, uh, all that good stuff for this podcast, wherever it is you get your podcast. Also, be sure to check out uh, Basketball, my podcast with Katie Heindel. New episodes every Thursday. Have a fun one coming tomorrow with an extra special guest to talk about the WNBA and uh, the shit show that's going on down there in Bradenton, Florida with their bubble and a whole bunch more. So go subscribe, rate, review that podcast in addition. And uh, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, appreciate you listening. And we will talk to you again on Thursday as our pal Vivek Jacob comes on. And we're going to preview the trio of Sorrow, the Magic, the Wizards, and the Nets, because we did not want to devote an entire episode to each one of those teams. As we do this restart preview, that seems like a waste of everybody's time. So we'll, uh, that is what we'll do tomorrow. Back again on Thursday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Now go tell your smart speaker to play Locked On NBA.
This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.